Hi! And welcome to Creeps and Crime Storytime. My name is Charlie. My name is Sophie. And we're back again with we are another back. story. We did take Woo-hoo. a couple of weeks off because mm-hmm. first off, I was ill. Yeah. And then you were ill. I was very ill. And yeah, hard. so we had we, we got sick one after the other, so we weren't able to do any recording because we both sounded like we died. Yeah, and I then lost my voice. Dug up again. So <laughs> yeah, but, but we're here now, and we've got a new episode, and yes, neither of us are dead, and everything's fine. No, nope, we're alive. Um, we don't have any business, no, so let's just I, hop right in. I don't know. I broke a nail, but that's That's not thought. important. That's it's not, not why we're here. It's I not why know. anyone's here. No one's going to fix my nail. No one's going to fix it, especially not me, because I don't care. I'm here to talk about <laughs> Tamil Horsford. Ooh. Do you know the case of Tamil Horsford? No, tell me more. You actually don't? No. Oh shit, okay, this is exciting. So. No. Okay, Tamla so so for this, no, Tamil Horsford. No, 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 I don't know that Okay, name. I'm very excited to tell so you about now. this. I just assumed that you would have heard this. Morbid did a really good episode on Tamil Horsford. Oh, maybe I... I'm but pretty... it's going back like 100 episodes or so. Yeah. It's not recently. It's probably a while since I listened yeah. to it. Yeah. Um, okay. If you mm-hmm. haven't listened to the Morbid episode, listen to that. Obviously, after you listen to this. Yeah. Listen, um, to, listen us to us first. <laughs> it's been a while since I listened to the Morbid episode. I think yeah. I listened to it about a year ago. I can't um, So I can't remember exactly how they did it, but I do remember that's what introduced me to the case. And I was like, oh, oh fuck. Actually, no, that's not true. Mm. The... Um, the Murder Squad with Paul Holes. Ah, yes. That introduced me to the case because mm-hmm. Paul Holes is the incredible. detective. Oh my god, voice he's so man. yeah, his Sexy. voice. Is so I'm hot. tapping my throat like his voice. Like, like the voice. Yeah, the it's the voice. He's so hot. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I first heard about the case when Paul Holes talked about it, mm-hmm. and then when I saw Morbid did an episode, I was like, "Ooh, tell me more, ladies." So yeah. I listened to that, and then yeah, I haven't really looked into it properly for about a year. Ooh. But there's. Yeah, anyway, we're going to get into it. Um, I think, you know, I think once we finish recording this, I'm going to re-listen to the Morbid episode again, yeah. just to see how they did it. Because I don't Definitely. like... I need to refresh my brain on Yeah, this. I like listening to podcast episodes about cases that we've done mm. after I write it. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just I just like doing that. Um, yeah, so let's, let's get started. So Tamil Horsford was mm. born in 1978 in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, okay. which is an island in the Caribbean. So it's a relatively kind of recent-ish case. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. That's oh, yes. very <laughs> Oh, yes, it is. Okay, it's very recent. Um, yeah. So she was born in... I mean, she could have, like... She, it might not be just because someone's born in 78, which is not really that long ago. She could have, she could have been like 10 when yeah, something happened. But it's still kind of recent. It's not. But like... it actually is. But you are correct. It oh, is recent. Sure. It is really recent. Oops. Um, did I miss this on the news? Because if it I did, wasn't, I'm so this case wasn't really mentioned that much in England. Oh. It, it got quite well known in America and especially mm. as well in like 2019, 2020 when the Black Lives Matter movement. Oh, really really got going yeah it, really it came up then. it came back up in the news then Ooh, okay. um but not so much on our news mm. more just like in america and as well if, you, if you're kind of on um the internet yeah like, it was like kind YouTube? of like kind of youtube kind of mm. like m- lots of like facebook groups oh, and stuff okay, so i mean yeah, i'm not facebook. a big facebook user no um, but too yeah, there is just too much of everything over there. I cannot yeah, be, but I'm lot, too old for that shit. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not quite old enough because everyone that uses Facebook is like 50. I don't know. And anyway, I'm getting way <laughs> off track. So yeah. Tamla lived in the Caribbean until she was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. At that point, she and her family moved to the United States and they settled in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. 
As a young woman, they relocated again to Florida, where she met the man who would become her husband, who is Leander Horsford. Leander had a daughter already from a previous marriage, not marriage relationship, sorry. And Tamla was more than happy to take on a motherly role in the girl's life. Oh, that's sweet. It's really cute. The, it seems like this family just had a really wholesome relationship with everyone. Yeah. Like, everyone just fucking loved each other. Oh. And it was great. And that's so nice. Yeah. So the couple went on to marry, and they had five children of their own, and wow. all of them were boys. Ooh. So I would not have coped well no. with five five young children, all boys, and then one older daughter. I yeah. no, that's a hell of a handful. It's not for me, but Tamla, from the accounts of everyone that knew her, she was like, you know, like we talked about Susan Cox Powell, and she was like a mum. Oh yes, Tamla Horsford yes. was like a mum. She rocked it. She was just she nailed. She it. was yeah. She, she was she fucking mom. nailed it. She was yes. really really good mm-hmm. at being a mum and raising her fucking kids. Yeah, and just being fucking great at it. Oh, that one was that's my heart. yeah. That's what I've been able to find. Like mm. everyone that knew her, she was just really fucking good at it. Wow, that's and, that's yeah, a treasure I, of a that's, person. Yeah, I love that. In 2012, mm-hmm. the family moved to Georgia for Leander's work. So okay. they moved from Florida to Georgia because of his job. Mm-hmm. So Tamil was really popular. So we've said already that she was an amazing mom. She was described by her family to be incredibly warm and friendly and bubbly. Um, There is an Instagram page, which I suggest that you go and follow. We are podcast account follows it oh nice um it's called justice for tam all one word yeah. so probably because i've in followed it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've followed it for us so yeah that that's what this is oh, um okay. so the justice for tam instagram page describes her as quote a beautiful soul she lit up every room she entered and you couldn't not like tam she was kind to everyone end quote i feel like we need more people like that in the world I feel like we do. Mm, I feel like absolutely. the planet would be a, just a better, happier place if there was more people like that. Yes. I feel like we need it. I feel mm. as well like everyone's met someone like that. Yeah. And everyone knows who that person is. And that person is a fucking treasure. Yeah, look after them. <laughs> yeah, and she was one of those people. She was. We're going to go to November the 3rd, 2018. Mm-hmm. So you were right, this is recent. Yeah, it's very recent. At this Jesus. point, Tamla is 40 years old. Ooh, so Tamla had plans tonight. She Ooh. made dinner, a breakfast casserole. I don't, I didn't know what the fuck a breakfast, yeah, I can say on your face, breakfast. I didn't know what a breakfast casserole was. They sometimes was. have pancakes as breakfast, so it could be No, it's not like, bacon. no, it's not that. So we don't like have, scones. we don't, it's not scones. Did you say scones? They say scones, but they have How like, do you say it? Scones. Okay, yeah, good, me but too. But just so they scones. understand like, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, like if, but they have. Scones, they call them the biscuits. Oh yeah, they call them biscuits. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's not that. So mm-hmm. I didn't know what a breakfast casserole was, so I had Sounds to Google what is breakfast casserole. It's basically a huge quiche. Ooh. But it's done in like a big roasting tin, like a big Ooh. rectangular. You know, like when you make a pasta bake. Yeah. That kind of tin, but it's basically just a huge fuck off quiche. That's amazing. So for <laughs> like our American listeners, a quiche is something that we have in England. It's yeah. like pastry. Mm. this pastry you can you can you you can do it with like a pastry base but you can also do like a crustless quiche without it where it's like eggs and like it's got egg in it yeah um but yeah so like a breakfast casserole has like sausage in like peppers tomatoes Mm. all that good shit kind of vegetables and meat yeah so. so it's like a breakfast flavoured quiche that's amazing but it's in like a huge roast anyway so that's what she made for dinner that's a brilliant birthday meal for oneself. Oh. It's not her birthday. But 
But it is someone's birthday. Ooh. So it's weird that you said birthday. It, it gives birthday <laughs> vibes. It's weird, right. So <laughs> a birthday casserole. I guess breakfast I casserole. I feel like we're, all, we're only like <laughs> seven minutes in and we're already fucking off on like tangents <laughs> and shit. We've missed this. That's right. why. I've really missed this. Yeah. I'm not even into my like second full paragraph yet and there's nine pages. Anyway, <laughs> breakfast casserole. She made a breakfast casserole yeah. for... Her large family, ah. her beloved five sons, her husband Leander, and her adult daughter. She was going to a birthday party that night. Oh, yay. Um, her friend, right, her friend is called Jean Myers, right? Oh. However, her name is spelled J E A N N E. So Ooh. it kind of looks a bit like it should be Jean. Oh, like Jean. No, it's Jean. 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 But for some reason, she thinks that she's like a fancy bitch. So she yeah. calls herself Jean. And no one can see that, but when I said that, I did like a full-on eye roll, like my eyes almost got stuck. <laughs> and again, it just went like me. <laughs> but yeah, so so her friend, Jean Myers, was celebrating turning 46 at her house with a group of other mums. Mm. So they were going to have a girls' night in, which is really cute. That's fun. So the women had met through their kids' sports. Their children oh. all played um, youth football league in Forsyth County. That's really sweet. Um, which is really cute. So they're all like soccer moms type things. And they go to watch. Of, like and soccer, it's football. Talk, yeah, they all yeah. mingle. It's her 46th birthday, so they're going to have a shindig at her house. So mm. it's basically just like bring your own booze, like come chill out. Like a giant sleepover. It's a, it is exactly really a giant fun. sleepover. I like that. Um, Jean wanted to be sensible and avoid anyone drinking and driving. So she invited all the women to sleep over at her place. Mm. This sounds really wholesome. It's a group of moms celebrating a birthday with a big ass sleepover. Yep. They were all in pajamas with drinks they yeah. had they, they, everyone was a big football fan because that's how their kids met yeah. so they were watching college football on TV and playing Cards Ooh. Against Humanity and just having a really good oh, time Tamla was wearing the cutest white onesie with like it looked like a really soft onesie with mm. like brown paw prints all over it Aww. and she looked fucking precious <laughs> I'm gonna put pictures of her on the gram she yeah. looked adorable. so fucking adorable don't wanna put her in my pocket yeah Oh. yeah you wanna just like Fold her up in that cute little onesie and just stick her <laughs> in your pocket. She's so cute. Mm. So the event, the event, fucking hell. The event. <laughs> the evening was organised as a ladies-only slumber party. Good. However, this didn't entirely go to plan. The group was made up of nine women mm-hmm. and two men. Jean Meyer's boyfriend, Jose Barrera, and the husband of one of the other women ended up also staying the night as well. Why? Another hu- I know. Another <laughs> husband was present, but only for a small portion of the evening, as he dropped off his wife, Bridget, and then picked her up again oh, later. Oh, so he respected the rules. Yeah, so he dropped Thank her you. off and then picked her up. That's good. Which, yeah, but he was there for a bit when he did the dropping mm. off and the picking up. Yeah. Um, so out of the 12 partygoers, who, interestingly, would later be known online as the Forsyth Twelve, Eight of them, including Tamla, were going to be sleeping over. Hold on a second. What? I think I've seen a picture of these ladies. Do you think so? Yeah. Tell me more. It's like, um, it's like they're all sat together, but there's like only one black lady. You have seen that picture. Did she get pushed out of a window or something? Oh, ho, ho. Oh, okay, okay. I remember bits. Okay, here what? we go. It looked like they were outside in the dark, like in a seeing area. No, so the picture you're thinking of, kind they're all of, sat on a huge sofa. It's in the yeah, living room like in, in Jean-Maier's house. Yeah. I, I think it's like a cream colour. Mm. It's like everything's fucking beige. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so they're all sat on this sofa and everyone looks like they're having a really nice time. Everyone's yeah. got drinks, everyone's chilling. And Tamla's in the middle and she's she's the only black lady. 
mm. in like this big group of white women. Yeah. This is ringing bells. This is, is it ringing? Right. Oh, okay. Well, you hold okay. on to this I will. and come on this little ride with me. Okay. Where was I up to? I'm not sure. Yeah. So <laughs> the two so... men were confined to the basement to watch football. <laughs> <laughs> you stayed on there, stinky man. It's so... birthday time up here with the ladies. <laughs> So while the women watched the LSU versus Alabama game upstairs on the mm. main part of the house, the yeah. girls had tequila, Mountain Dew, and Fireball. But I've that. seen some reports that only Tamla was on the tequila, which she brought with her, because it was BYOB. So oh, she yeah. brought the tequila, and it was mm. like from Mexico. It was like the good shit. Um, and I think she was the only one that was drinking the tequila, because the other ladies were like, oh, no, it's too strong for me. It's going to make me vomit. It's and then I'll so vomit. strong. It smells like booze. Anyway. Oh, my uh, God, tequila. Yeah, so... And the others had different spirits of their choosing. Or okay. if you're in the States, they had different liquors of their choosing. Did they call everything? Did they just cover it all as liquor? Well, what we would call a spirit. Yeah. So like whiskey, brandy, oh. that kind of, like mm. a, like not wine or beer. Yeah. Um, they would call it liquor. Cool. Which I find weird. Yeah, because it's short for liquorish. <laughs> like I'll have some liquor-ish. Oh my God. Or something that's liquor-ish, is in like kind of liquor. Please not. stop. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I have so much to read. Okay. I have so much <laughs> to read. Went to desperation. <laughs> Just like I've got so much to get through and not a lot of time for this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, I don't know why I do, but if it was just me doing the podcast <laughs> on my own, it would be very informative, but also kind of boring. Mm-hmm. I feel like people would listen to it when they're in the mood for just like, you know, if you're in the mood for just like Dateline, yeah, they listen to me for Dateline, but yeah. then they listen to you for... They don't have a choice. I just sort of gestured <laughs> to all of her. As a person, as, <laughs> as an a, entity. As a being. <laughs> so... I'm going to get back to it. The Rolling Stone did a really fucking good article on this. Um, Mm. I'm going to link it in the show notes because I got a lot of information from here. Mm. So the Rolling Stone article reports that of that group, Tamla was the only habitual smoker. She frequently went out onto the first floor balcony to smoke cigarettes. Mm. And we're saying first floor because we're English. She was on the floor above the ground level. Americans, this is the second floor. Right, gotcha. You looked really confused for a second. I was like, why so, don't so the they just have a is... word for first floor? <laughs> yeah, they they, they do it's second floor. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so Americans... Do they count the basement as a floor? No, so <laughs> I feel like you're making this more complex than it needs to be. I don't need so to. in England, we yeah. have the ground floor, yep. first floor, yep. second floor, third floor, and so on and so on. Yeah. yeah. In America, they yeah. have first floor. <laughs> stupid. I know. <laughs> so they have the first floor yep. and then the second floor and then so on and so on. Right, okay. So the first floor for us is the first additional floor. Yeah. Whereas for them, it's, it's the just first the first stand on. floor. It's, yeah. it's, it's not the first floor. Because for, for them, it's building. not the first floor. First. It's like the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that counts. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I feel like all American listeners are going to trash us for this. Yeah. Um, so she had apparently also smoked some weed but the host of the party Jean asked her not to she Mm. said that her her partner um, Jose didn't like it because he worked as a pre-trial officer and didn't want anything illegal or dodgy going on in his house oh okay so in a statement later that she gave Mm. she would even say during this conversation that she teased Tamla playfully referring to her quote as the female Bob Marley end quote I kind of don't like that. It doesn't sit right with me. I don't like it. No. I feel like if it was, let's say these two 
women had been friends for like a bajillion years you know like yeah. a friend that you've had since you were a kid mm-hmm. and like you've got your in jokes and shit there's a mutual understanding yeah yeah, yeah. yeah but i don't it just gives me a it's weird awesome feeling that. that i don't like no, i don't know that's and i've never met either of these people i don't know no. the intimacies of their relationship and their dynamic but it just mm-hmm. makes me feel a bit icky there's a question mark on that yeah. yeah later on in the evening after the football games finished the two men came upstairs to join the women and they all played some more cards against humanity together okay. there are some really cute pictures of this evening of all the ladies dressed in their pajamas with drinks sat mm-hmm. on a huge sofa looking happy which is the picture that i'm sure you've seen mm-hmm. if i didn't know anything about this story mm-hmm. and i saw this picture i just think it was really wholesome and I would want that kind of activity with my friends when I'm 40. Yeah. Like, I would want to be doing that. I hope when I'm a bit older, I'm still having sleepovers and having a fucking good time drinking cute drinks in my jammies. Um, and we will post some pictures of this to the ground because it's they're really nice photos. Mm. Anyway, everyone was having a good time. Tamla didn't seem to be overly drunk or incapacitated in any way. Okay. And actually, none of them did. They were just enjoying the night. So yeah. nobody was, like, fully pissed. No. I think people not. were, like... You know, when you get a bit merry and everything's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah, like, respectfully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody yeah. was, like, wasted and no. puking and shit. Like, and nobody was doing, like, floor. yeah, nobody was doing gross shit. Yeah. A couple of the guests who weren't sleeping over headed home around 11.30. And some of the others that were staying at the house began to head to bed. Mm-hmm. Jean and Jose went to bed around 1.30am and Tamla stayed up. The last person to see her was Bridget, who left when her husband picked her up at 1.47am. Okay. When she left, Bridget said that Tamla was having a late night snack. She was eating a bowl of gumbo. I'm not 100% sure what that is. I was going to look it up and Google it, but I forgot to do it. Do you think it's marshmallows? No, it's not. It's savoury. I know that it's savoury. I I feel like gumbo is like some kind of like stew type thing. Why is it called gumbo? Mate, I don't know. Maybe it's a regional thing. I think it's like a southern thing. Oh. It's. I feel gumbo. like it's a southern thing, it but like I don't. Stuff, so no, I it's not. It's, it's definitely not sweet. It's, it's like savory. a savory, very like warming, comforting kind of food. Well, as long I as think. enjoyed it, but I'm not sure what goes in it exactly. Know. Anyway, so that's what she was eating. <laughs> Tamla told Bridget that she was going to smoke a cigarette and then head to bed, and then Bridget went home. Good plan. So the next morning dawned as usual. Mm-hmm. Sean's aunt was the first to get up and her name is Madeleine Lombardi, Ooh. which is a fun name to say. And she went straight to the kitchen to get herself a morning cup of coffee. This was a Madeleine Lombardi. Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> it was about 8.45, so she was ready for that sweet, sweet caffeine. Yeah. However, however, as she looked out of the window. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. She saw something unexpected. Lying in the grass was a heap of white fabric with paw prints on it was tamla and she was face down in the grass and she was not moving in this situation i personally would just run outside to check on her yeah or if i had like a bad feeling and started to like panic i would probably just like stand there and scream for help i I would like yodel scream and be like "Ah!" yeah like if if it was gonna go out I would. I, I think my instinct would be to just run out there and yeah. try and help them up or, like, shake them or something. Yeah. But, like, if I just got, like, a really awful feeling and I panicked, I'd probably just make a really loud noise to mm. get help. Your instinct would be... I don't know. Make an alarm but Madeleine Lombardi didn't do either of those things. Stupid. It's important that you don't look at my notes. I'm not look- right, I'm looking because at Because <laughs> we've got multiple choice. Are you ready for a multiple choice? I am. I love multiple okay, choice. Okay, so we've got four options. A... She carried on making her coffee and drank it. You were allowed to laugh. B. She ran up to her bedroom to say a prayer before coming back down to the kitchen. I pray that she gets up because I'm not going to check. <laughs> because I won't check. C. 
She made a cup of coffee for Tamla as well because she thought that she might need some caffeine too. That would be nice. Or D, she immediately called the police. I don't think she did that. <laughs> That's the only sensible option. <laughs> so, which one do you think it is? I get the feeling it's A. You lean in towards A, yeah. carried on yeah, making I'll, her coffee and drank it. Elba four, I feel like I feel like it's A. So I don't she think she's just there the like boiling the kettle and she's just looking out the window like <laughs> The thing is, with the other three options that isn't calling the police, I feel like you could make the coffee, take your coffee upstairs because you cat. leave the coffee that you've left for your face on the floor outside friend in the kitchen. <laughs> And then, out of pure hope and optimism, you go upstairs, say a little prayer, and carry on drinking, and then just see what happens. That that could be what happened, but I I think it's definitely a. I really don't think she called the police. Okay, right. Let me carry on the story. So Madeline was made to feel unsettled by the position that Tamla was lying in. Mm-hmm. At first, Madeline thought she might be asleep. She might. She thought like maybe she's been like partying super hard and just passed out on the grass. Yeah, maybe. This is despite the fact that it's November. Temperatures in Georgia at oh, night gosh. average about five degrees. Oh my god. Five. Get, get your friend like, out of Just there. five. Who cares so what you're doing? it's not exactly comfortable sleeping outdoors kind of weather. No. But Tamala was literally face down. Like, like we said. Like mm-hmm. her face was flat on the ground, her arms were by her sides. Yeah. And I believe that both of her feet were pointing to the right. That's kind of not natural. It's not a natural position. It's not, yeah, yeah, it's a weird position to be in. And seeing somebody like that with their face flat on the ground and they're not moving at all, like there's no movement whatsoever. That's eerie. Like you'd probably get that uncanny feeling that something is off before you sort of consciously realize what it is that's giving you that bad feeling. Yeah. You know, like when you just like, you just get the heebie-jeebies and you mm-hmm. don't know why. Yeah. Madeline was very concerned. Okay. She ran upstairs to her bedroom, got down on her knees and said a prayer. <laughs> oh my fucking God, you useless one. Like, we're Catholic. That's legit. We're but, Catholic and we wouldn't fucking do but that. But we also have common sense. We also have The two can... Sense. You need to have a little coalition. bit... They can... They can... The two can coexist, they, is the phrase you were looking for. I'm so frustrated. The two can coalition. Yeah, yeah. You get my fucking point. You, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You can help do your both. friend and then pray. You can pray as you're you performing walk. CPR. Yes, <laughs> you can do that. I pray two, two, two. You're still praying. It counts. You can do Don't both. But no. So Madeline fine. was like, "Oh, this is terrible." She ran upstairs to her bedroom. She said a prayer, and then she came back downstairs to check and see if everything was the same. I'm horrified. I know. I'm so I don't horrified. know how long this prayer was, but I'm sure it was like too long. It better not have been. I don't think it was like a, a full rosary session. Yeah, I don't think it was. Um, but maybe it fucking was. I don't know. Um, <laughs> she came back to the kitchen and she saw that Tamla was still lying face down in the grass. So she was like, I better do something oh actual now. So she decided to go and get her niece. Mm-hmm. An excerpt from her statement to the police reads, quote, I knocked on the door and Jean said, come in. And Jose was sitting up in bed. I looked at Jean and I said, I just want to talk to Jose. I want him to come downstairs with me. At this point, Jean asked what was wrong. And she replied, your friend from the islands is lying at the backyard and she's not moving. Why is End no one quote. attending? Why are they just having conversations? Yeah, so basically, so she wanted um, Jose to come downstairs and deal with it. Maybe because she thought like a man can deal with it because it's scary. I don't know. But she was like, I want Jose to come and deal with it. I'm not impressed. Yeah, and it's the way as well that she said like your friend from the islands Yeah, like do, is do not you not moving. know her name? Yeah, and it's like, there's a lot of detachment. Why there. is it 
why is she pointing out that she's from somewhere else? That's not relevant. Yeah, why does that matter? doesn't matter right now? All you need to do is get this person help. Mm-hmm. There's someone that your niece is friends with who was over at your house last night and mm-hmm. she's outside on the ground and not moving. Fucking call an ambulance. How has no one got an instinct to just go and help? It gets I don't understand so that. much worse. I don't understand this, it. This lack of not. instinct to do something. Mm-hmm. Mate, you... Even if it, it was a stranger, I would be running. Ugh. It... Ugh. I, I don't understand it. So, Jeanne and Jose went downstairs and outside to check on Tamla. And upon finding her, Jeanne immediately called 911. Yeah. And I'm going to play some of the call for you. 45 County, 911. Hi, yes. Um, I, I need an ambulance. I'm a to my home. What's the address? 4450 Woodlake Court. 4450 Woodlake So, the rest of the 911 call goes on for five more minutes, but I'm not going to play the whole thing because no. it's it's seven minutes and 50 seconds long. Mm-hmm. I will put a link to it in the show notes if you want to listen. I do yeah. recommend listening to the whole thing. Um, but I just wanted to play that first part of it. So, you could hear both of their voices and you could hear yeah. the cadence. You could hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, within the first minute, Jean passes the phone to Jose. I sound more stressed on the phone when I order a pizza. Yes, you do. Then these two are reporting finding their dead friend to the emergency services. Yeah. When the operator asked Jose to turn her over to see if she's breathing, he sighs heavily and says, one minute. The way he sighs, like it's too much trouble. Mm -hmm. Not freaking out, not hysterical, not panicking. But he's inconvenienced. Yeah, this is an inconvenience. So this is a trouble for him. Mm -hmm. Um, He is immediately telling the 911 operator a story. And so is she. Mm -hmm. They're both spinning a narrative straight away. Um, 
a little bit of the call that's in the in the later part of it. Um, he says that she was the last one up he saw before he went to bed. He said that she was the only smoker. He said that she was drinking. Mm-hmm. When you make an emergency phone call to try and get help, because yeah. I've I've made several phone calls to emergency services to get ambulances, mm-hmm. and I can say from experience, your only focus is on getting help. Yeah. So when I listen to to emergency calls, and somebody starts storytelling straight away I think this is not right you know it's not right because all you want to do in that moment when you need to get somebody help Mm -hmm. is to get someone there who can deal with the situation for you who knows what they're doing and knows how to help the person who needs it. Yeah, like establishing a timeline shouldn't be a thought in your head. Exactly. So the fact that he starts immediately storytelling and giving a narrative straight away, mm-hmm. that's like a huge and it red flag for me. From all of them except Tamworth. Yeah. It's she was doing this and And she was doing that, yeah. It's her fault. Yeah. Um Jose can't even tell whether or not she's breathing and he doesn't seem asked at all about getting someone there who can deal with the situation for him. And that lady he got is, her age wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That made me know Um so. he is calmly telling the operator a story like it's too much effort for him and he would rather go back to bed. Mm-hmm. So there is a part when the operator says he she asked Jose what Tamla's name is, and he says, Oh, I know her name. <gasps> he can't even be bothered to come up with her name. It's like in, I really recommend it. Listen it. to the whole call when we're done with the episode because mm. it's you'll it yeah. but it's infuriating. It's yeah. it's really important to know what happened but it will make yeah. you so angry yeah but it's really important to hear it can i mention something that got me from the clip you just oh yeah played? of course yeah yeah there was a it was like oh can you check if she's like the dispatcher was like just saying can you just check yeah for me? and he goes yeah oh, okay but then there's like a long quietness yeah so that has me thinking were they just sat in this inside the so, house no 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 the, so they weren't it. inside the house that it i know like of i feel like they muted call. the call at one yeah. point so mm-hmm. for some of the call i think it was i don't know if it was muted by the police before they released it i don't know if it was mm. i think some of it was muted on jose's phone yeah i think he pressed the little mute button um and like there was that huge like beep oh yeah i think that was maybe him putting it on hold or something i don't know but i know that there are a few instances in the call where it's muted and there is that silence and i don't know whether it's muted from his end or if it's like a post-processing silence that they've put in to maybe like you you know like if there's like sensitive information yeah because it's gonna be released to the public yeah yeah um he also wanted to sow some seeds of a potential suicide so what? so there's a there's an injury I'll get into injuries and stuff in a minute okay. um, there is an injury on her right wrist um, there's not a massive amount of blood it's a small amount of blood okay. um, and he says because when the dispatcher asks is there any blood can you see any blood yeah. and he says quote I'm noticing a small cut on her right wrist she's not breathing whatsoever I don't know if this cut was self-inflicted end quote That's jumping so he's jumping to conclusions he's speculating but he's keeping up with this storytelling and with this narrative yeah. and he's planting ideas yeah. already and these small embellishments the ambulance like, isn't even quickly. there yet no, no nobody's got there yet mm-hmm. the cut on her wrist that he was referring to is where Tamla's wrist bone is protruding from her skin Ooh, this is not a fuck? suicidal cut there no. is a photograph of this and viewing no. the photo is quite clear so Tamla yeah. received a compound fracture 
And for those people who don't know what a compound fracture is, a mm. compound fracture is when a bone is broken and the broken bone pierces through the skin and it is visible. Oh. So Tamla had a compound fracture on her right wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not seen... I'm going to mention it now because I know that if I don't, I'll forget to mention it later because I don't think I wrote <laughs> okay. this down, but it is... There's a, there's a few... Th- anyway, yeah. um, I am going to talk in more detail about injuries later when we get to the autopsy. Yeah, of course. But this particular wound on her wrist... Yeah. Um, I would think that yeah. a compound fracture while blood is flowing Mm. would bleed quite significantly yeah i've had quite a deep laceration to my leg once i remember that yeah Mm -hmm. and it didn't actually bleed that much despite being quite a deep laceration Mm -hmm. so it could be that on your arm a compound fracture would also bleed a similar amount which was not that much Mm. um but some people do believe that because the wound bled so little that it was done after she died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the that this injury happened after death. Yeah. Um it's not in the autopsy that this was a postmortem injury. Hmm. Um an autopsy um technician or a coroner would have been able to tell yeah, obviously whether yeah. that's the case. There's mm-hmm. nothing made to say whether or not this injury was pre or post-mortem. However, as we'll get into, the autopsy is lacking significantly. So the fact that it doesn't say either way is not a surprise to me. And I don't feel bad in making that speculation. Yeah. Because we don't have enough information there to say one way or the other. So I don't feel Mm -hmm. like I'm jumping the gun by saying that it could have been done post-mortem. It could have been done if she got um, thrown off the balcony after she was dead, perhaps, mm-hmm. yeah. then that could have happened to her. It could have done. Um, also, interesting to note, there's not a massive... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Distance? Indent in the grass, which suggests that she didn't necessarily land there from a height, mm. that she was placed there. Yeah. We'll get into it. We'll mm. get into it. It's just, there's some interesting shit going on. By the way, you said it's really cold. Is there any snow? No. Or is it just cold? No, no, no. It's just kind of chilly. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. just nighttime in Georgia. So obviously in Georgia, it's quite warm, mm. um, but the nights do get quite cold. Okay, so it's yeah. not like snowing kind of cold. Okay. But it's just like, ooh, I wouldn't sleep outside. Just so I know how to map it out. It's like you'd wear a jacket. Yeah. Yeah. So when the police arrived to the house at seven minutes past nine in the morning, they made a basic sketch of the scene, which I've seen. And if I remember to do it, I'll put it up on the gram. Yeah. complete with a little stick figure drawing of Tamla. Oh, nice. Um, the stick figure shows her laying with her left arm bent and up like this. Yeah. So it's like bent at the elbow and her hand is up by her head. Kind of like a right angle. Yeah, yeah. kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, Tamla was pronounced officially dead at 10.47am. What took so long? What took so long? What? So that's two hours what? after... Um, Madeline Lombardi. Madeline Lombardi found her. <laughs> I'm such a cunt. So that's that's two hours after Mrs. Say a prayer and drink coffee found her body. Did. Two hours after that. So the police thought. arrived at seven minutes past nine, yeah. and it took them an hour, an hour and forty minutes to actually bother to pronounce her dead. What the fuck were they doing? Standing around taking pictures of themselves on the balcony. Did they actually do that? Yeah, I'll get into it. 
So Tamla's autopsy was conducted on the 6th of November uh-huh. at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. By so who, that's two days man? later. No, actually, it was it was a human being. So Tamla was found dead on the morning of the 4th. And the autopsy note states that at the time it was conducted, Tamla was in full rigor. Oh. So rigor mortis develops fully within a minimum of six to eight hours after death, mm-hmm. peaking at around 12 hours. And then it can last between 24 and 84 hours after death. This poor woman. So... As Jose Barrera said on the phone, Tamla was stiff mm-hmm. when he found her. Right. Um, obviously, I don't know if he's telling the truth, nope. but I feel like the the police report of when she was found didn't specify that I've been able to find mm-hmm. whether or not she was in rigor mortis when they arrived. Only when the autopsy started that she was. Mm-hmm. So if she was found at eight in the morning and... She was already in, she was already stiff or rigor mortis was beginning to set in at that point. Mm-hmm. Then she'd probably died sometime around 2 a.m. at like the earliest. Yeah. That's 10 minutes after that guy left with his wife. It is. It's 13 minutes after that happened. So, cool. well, this is all, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, it was found that Tamla had quite a lot of blunt force injuries. The autopsy details that 10 blunt force injuries occurred to her head and neck, ranging from abrasions on her face to a fracture in the second vertebrae in her neck. That's that's awful. It is. That's horrible. It is. That sounds like, I I don't know, it sounds inflicted from people. Yeah, it sounds like she didn't just fall down from from the first floor. From A to B. Yeah. No way. It gets worse. So she had lots of abrasions and lacerations on her face and she mm-hmm. had a broken neck. A oh. broken the fracture in the second vertebrae oh. of her neck. God. Okay. So that's not very high up. No. I mean no no, I mean it's not very low down. It's very high up in your, <laughs> it's it's not like it's not like down here. I know, you know but it's making like the whole of my neck feel uneasy. Yeah. To my day I need that break. Her right wrist so. was dislocated and the dislocated bone was protruding from her skin. Both of her legs had abrasions and lacerations on the calves. She also had a laceration to her heart ventricle. What the fuck? Which means that that's basically... So this means that her heart muscle yeah. was torn. <gasps> this is a very traumatic injury yeah. to receive. And the most common cause of this type of heart injury is the pressure from impact in a car accident. Oh my god. Yeah. So to see, obviously, the pressure from impact in a car accident would be enough to tear up some of your internal organs. And that's where this injury is most commonly seen. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I'm going to get into it because I always repeat myself a billion times anyway. Mm -hmm. But the the distance from the balcony to the floor was 14 feet. That's really short. It's not very big. That's like three of me and a bit more, maybe. No, it's not. A bit less? It's two Davids and like two feet. Oh yeah, that's tiny. Yeah. So that it's like not... if you stack two Davids on top of each other yeah. and then a couple of feet on top of that. That's yeah, how that long. that kind of tell would not happen to anyone. So yeah, so so having a a torn heart muscle mm-hmm. if you fell from a significant height yeah. would not be surprising. Like that guy. Which guy? The one that like fell off the roof but ended up in the other roof. And his flip-flops are on the roof. Oh! That. What's his name? Begins with an R. Richard? No. Mm. Ray Rivera. Ray Rivera. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so yeah he probably had an injury like that yeah um because that's very significant height yeah yeah exactly so a significant height you're gonna have mm-hmm. um traumatic injuries to your internal organs 14 feet I mean, I'm not, I don't have any, beyond a basic first aid training, I have no mm-hmm. medical qualifications whatsoever. So mm-hmm. any sort of speculation I make is based on fuck all. Yeah, we're just novices in the medical field, but which is fine. This is a, point. a lot of different injuries mm-hmm. from a straight fall, yeah. 14 feet. Mm-hmm. The thing that gets me is the lacerations and abrasions, particularly the abrasions yeah. on her legs and calves. Mm-hmm. That, to me, you don't... From just falling straight and landing onto soft grass... Yeah. Mate, those are dragging wounds. Ooh. Those are drag... You, are they dragging wounds? That's dragging wounds. Mm-hmm. But it's not mentioned in the autopsy. I'm not sure. While we're talking about the autopsy, mm-hmm. I want to mention that no sexual assault kit was done and no fingernail scrapings were done. What? That's basic. It's basic. Basic. It's what basic shit. Fuck? Yeah. So This department is so lacking. <laughs> Am I allowed you, to say that? Yeah. No. In addition to this, no photographs were taken during the autopsy. Are you fucking shaming? This is unheard of. It's... I'm astounded. I feel like... I spend a lot of time reading autopsy reports and looking yeah. up autopsy photographs. Mm-hmm. And even when the public doesn't have access to the photographs, they still exist. Yeah, they're, they're still, still there. there because the autopsy it. report will reference the photographs and mm-hmm. vice versa. So you know. Yeah. But basically, in an autopsy, not taking photographs is like not making the white incision. It's that's really it's something that just it's part of the autopsy. Really bizarre. It's really weird and. It's most definitely a deliberate decision on somebody's part. Yes. Somebody I chose completely agree with that. not to have photographs taken. Mm-hmm. The summary at the end of the autopsy report reads, quote, mm-hmm. The decedent is a 40-year-old woman. Per report, she was last known to be alive shortly after midnight on the 4th of November 2018. At that time, she was drinking heavily at a party in a residence. The next morning, she was discovered unresponsive in the backyard under a deck that is approximately 10 to 15 feet from the ground. It appeared as though she may have fallen from the deck. She was pronounced dead without attempted resuscitation. Autopsy revealed severe injuries of the head, neck and torso, including a subarachnoid hemorrhage, subdural hemorrhage, fracture of the second cervical vertebrae and a laceration of the heart. Other injuries included abrasions of the face, left arm, left hand, and left leg, lacerations of the right wrist and right leg, a dislocation of the right wrist. Postmortem toxicology was positive for THC and a blood alcohol concentration of 0.238 grams. The observed injuries are consistent with those received in a fall. In light of the autopsy findings and investigative information, the cause of death is multiple blunt force injuries and the manner of death is an accident." End quote. You have a frowny face. That's because I don't know <laughs> if coroners usually decide to tell a story before they then give their findings. I'm guessing they'd have to give some kind of context, but yeah, so it should go off what they're. So a coroner doesn't on. tend so in an auto, so an autopsy is not to determine what a person did. Autopsies will literally just say 
this injury happened, this yeah. injury happened, this injury happened, and I conclude that the manner of death was X. Yeah. That's kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that it's consistent with a fall yeah. is not unusual. It was just However, for me, so like, fall. okay, so... His opening paragraph. So I'm probably, I know I've got this kind of thing in my notes somewhere further down, so I'm mm. eventually going to repeat myself, and I'm not sorry about it, but I'm going to. <laughs> um, so for a coroner to say all these abrasions and lacerations and a torn heart muscle and a broken neck and a compound fractured wrist, this is all in line with a fall. Technically, yeah, yes. <laughs> Because you see, if I was standing, mm-hmm. if I was rock climbing, yeah, and I fell down mm-hmm. a fifty-foot embankment that mm-hmm. was all like rocky and jagged on the way down, and yeah. I got to the bottom and I had a bone sticking out of my arm, yeah. if I had scrapes and lacerations and abrasions all up my legs, mm-hmm. if I had a broken neck, if my heart was fucked, <laughs> yeah, I would expect all those injuries. If you're not falling straight down. Yeah. If you're falling across jagged terrain at, at, at like an angle where you're gonna bounce and roll. Yeah. If you are just falling 14 feet from straight up, not hitting anything on the way down. No. Not hitting, not impacting anything on the way down except the ground. And the ground is soft mm-hmm. grass. It's It was soft and springy that day because people said so. You. The, the softness of the ground is going to absorb the impact of your fall. Yeah. You're not going to have... You can't get abrasions and lacerations from falling straight down into the ground. You can't... It, I feel like <sighs> a fall was intentionally so vague. Yeah, so, so the way you said, taste. technically, yes, these injuries are consistent with a fall. Yeah. They're not consistent with this fall. Exactly. It needs to be precise. A yeah. fall could be anything. So, yeah, technically... Mm, that's true. By all means. I'm going to get back to my notes. Great idea. Let's <laughs> get back. Let's focus. The summary <laughs> refers to the toxicology report, which mm. shows that Tamla had a very high blood alcohol content. 0.328 is almost three times the legal limit, and most people with a blood alcohol content that high would be struggling to move around and function, and some people might black out at this stage. Mm-hmm. Three times over the legal driving limit is quite a lot. Obviously everyone's different and some people can hold their booze better than others yeah um the the ladies that were at the sleepover mm-hmm. said that tamla was a bit of a party animal but yeah. all of tamla's friends and family said that she didn't drink to an excess and she just sort of was kind of normal when it came to drinking yeah obviously everyone's context for what is mm. heavy drinking is different yeah so i don't quite know what to believe i mean i know I, be- I know what i believe what's normal like i think i know what's true but i don't know how Tamla would have handled her alcohol because I never met her. No. Um, I can only go off the people that knew her best. And unfortunately for those basic white bitches, it's not the girls at the sleepover. No. It's not completely inconceivable to think that someone could have fallen off a balcony if you're that drunk. Yeah. People, drunk people, get themselves into stupid shit all the time. Definitely. Totally different. I was on a train <laughs> once and this yeah. guy was really, really drunk. And yeah. he, this is somewhere in Wales between Newport and somewhere else i don't know but there's a guy's thumb out there a thumb yeah so basically this guy was really wasted and stupid he decided to stick his arm out the window of this moving train (gasps) we went through a tunnel and only some of them came back in (laughs) i 
I didn't get to see it. I was oh. like, I really wanted to see it because it sounded cool. Film. But when he got taken off of the, the train was <laughs> delayed and everything, and I was so pissed. No, I mean, nobody saw the film again. This is the first it's of somewhere, me hearing this. Yeah, it's no, valid. and um, yeah, I, I did see like quite a lot of blood afterwards, and I was like, huh, fucking oh. idiot. Um, but I mean, you play stupid games and you win stupid prizes. <laughs> but yeah, this guy lost his fucking thumb. Wow. Um, but yeah, so basically, drunk people do dumb shit all the time. It's not inconceivable to think that if you're wasted, you could fall off a balcony. Mm. That's not. Nobody's saying that that's impossible, but it's more like, does the evidence on her body tell us that that's what's happened? And And also people trying to push that from the beginning is suspicious. No. It's a red flag. This is This whole thing is a red flag. Mm -hmm. The toxicology report also revealed that Tamla had Xanax in her system. So her friends and family who spent lots of time with her have reported that she did not use Xanax. So she didn't have it prescribed to her. So it wasn't like Mm -hmm. a medication that she was taking. And as well, people said that she didn't use it recreate. Like people who actually knew her really well, like her friends, Mm. people that she drank with, people that she socialized with. Like if she was gonna party and let her hair down a bit, these are the people that she would have done that with. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we never saw her take Xanax no. recreationally. Um, so the question is, had she had a drink spiked? Probably. Do we know if any of the other ladies at the sleepover were prescribed Xanax? Or nope. their partners? We don't know that. Oh, does that mean they didn't bother to check? Probably. Or we fuck this... I've not been able. This? I've not. The children do not. I've not this. been able to find this is that question being asked. What? I've not been able to find anywhere where the police asked that question. I'm not saying that they didn't. No. I'm saying I can't find it. Yeah, but that's pretty much the same thing. Could you find Basically. almost everything? I really hope so. I do, do try quite hard. You do. So witnesses at the party who were interacting with Tamla have reported that she didn't seem to be that drunk. Mm. So, yeah. they, like, the girls at the sleepover were like, actually, she wasn't really that drunk. Exactly. Even if she had a lot in the system, she was clearly still able to tolerate it by the word yeah. of what they're yeah. saying. Um, we've all been around someone who's too drunk. Mm-hmm. I think if I was with someone who was three times the legal driving limit, I would probably notice that they were three oh, times the legal driving definitely. limit. Yeah. You would, they'd be getting on my fucking tits. It would stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, people who were the last to see Tamla have said that she seemed to behave. She seemed to be behaving fairly normally, definitely not excessively drunk. Obviously, everyone's own tolerance levels are different, but mm. if she was fairly sober, she was unlikely to have accidentally fallen off the balcony. Investigators propose that the small level of marijuana in her system also contributed to her loss of coordination and her fatal fall, but many people began to disagree. The last person to see her, Bridget, has reportedly has repeatedly sorry, suggests that Tamla didn't seem very drunk and this was only eight minutes before the door to the deck would be opened for the last time and Tamla is suspected to have died. When the coroner's findings were released... Yeah. Evidence from the home security system were also made public. This is where things began to get interesting. So Jose Barrera mentioned on the 911 call that things would be cleared up once the police checked the camera footage of the balcony, as they had cameras. They had a security system on their house. So I don't know if it's like Simply Safe or whatever, or Ring, but they had a thing that did that for them. Okay. Um, There was camera footage, and Jose Barrera was like, yeah, we'll look at the cameras. Everything will be figured out in a couple of hours. We'll check it, Um... However, were they unplugged? However, interestingly, no video footage has ever been made public, and we don't know what, if anything, is captured no. on it. 
Since this was mentioned on the release 911 call, the only thing that we've heard since about the footage mm. is that the batteries ran out. And it didn't even record anything. Oh, what a coincidence. This is not. So there's like this one night when something awful happens and the security camera, the batteries ran out. I do. Th- this is so telling. I do think people yeah. that like cover this up realize it's going to look worse than it probably actually is. Like, why I don't know. I mean, the if it of covering this up when you can just be honest about what happened, because then they'll go to jail. So <sighs> it's so stupid. So we do have some information from the home security system, though. And I do have a picture Mm. of some screenshots of the notifications that I'm going to put on the gram. So the doors leading to the balcony have records of what time they were opened and what time they were closed again. The front door also had this. So the doors in the house, it you get a little ping on your phone after a certain time of night or whatever, and it shows when they were opened, which is pretty cool. where am I up to? So yeah, this log has been released and we can see the times that the door was opened and closed throughout the night and the early hours of the morning leading up to Tamil's discovery. Mm. We said earlier that Bridget Fuller left the house at 1.47am and that she was the last person to see Tamla alive. That is a really specific time for her to have been noted to leave. The reason that we know this exactly is because of the security system. Ah. The front door opened and closed at 1.47am. So we know that's when Bridget left. So Mm. if she said, I left about 10 to 2, um, you see on the security system that the door opened and closed at 1.47, you know that was her leaving. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we've been able to take from that. There are a few more alerts that take place after this, and these are the ones that we're going to be looking closely at. Mm. Tamla apparently said that she was going to have one cigarette before bed before Mm. she left to Bridget. Now, after the front door showed Bridget leaving, the door to the back deck opened yeah. and closed. This was only two minutes after at 1.49. So after Bridget left, Tamla mm. finished eating her gumbo. Yes, and then gumbo. Whatever yeah. that might be. Yeah. Um, cool and cuisine. then she... And then that only took like two minutes and then she went out for a cig. Yeah. Did she usually close the door behind her? I mean, I assume mm-hmm. so because it's five fucking degrees. Yeah, true. So it's five degrees outside. Mm. I mean, I don't smoke, but I know a couple of people who are habitual smokers, and when they go outside, they just go outside. They they shut the door on their way out. It's kind of like locked out without her really knowing it. No, no, that didn't happen. That that wasn't the case. Um, It would appear that Tamla did indeed go for the cigarette that she intended to, which Mm. is fine. Um, There were two lighters found on the table on the deck, which goes against what Jose was saying about her being the only smoker. Does she not have a spare lighter? What? Most people I assume that smoke don't go out and set down two lighters on the table when they're smoking. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think that's... Table a bit. Yeah. If you say, because there was a packet of cigarettes on the table and mm. there was two lighters. Yeah. There was one packet of cigarettes. Uh, but two lighters. Yeah. So I think okay, something's yeah, that, a little bit hinky-dinky there. Fishy. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, there were two lighters found and photographed on the porch table and a packet of cigarettes. The next door alert happened eight minutes later at 1.57am, which is when the back door opened and that's it. It didn't close. So that was the last door alert for the back porch leading to the deck. So it opened and closed, which is Mm -hmm. when she stepped outside for a cigarette, so she opened it and closed it. Yeah. Had a smoke. Door opened. That's it. That's scary. That's creepy. So if Tamla went for a cigarette before bed at 1.49 and then opened and closed the door behind her, 
Why would she then open the door to come back in at 157, but instead of going through the door, yeah. go back towards the edge of the balcony to stumble drunkenly off it? So think about this. So let's just say that what everyone is saying happened mm-hmm. did happen. Yeah. Let's just humor the basic bitches for a moment. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, the police department are also basic bitches. I'm including them in this shit show. Sure, go So she went out for a cigarette. She had it. She went, if you go to, because the door to the balcony, yeah, the, the door to get back in the house from the balcony is going to be away from the edge of the balcony. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So she's going to have to walk over to it yeah. to open it for the alert to go off. Mm-hmm. But then instead of going through the door that she's literally just opened to go back in, yeah. she's going to leave the door open, turn around, walk over to the edge and then fall off it. That doesn't make any sense that at all. That does not make any sense. Because let's let's say, yeah. to humour the basic bitches, mm-hmm. that she fell off while she was having a cigarette. Yeah. She wouldn't have come back to open the door because she'd have fallen off. Yeah, she's not there to open Yeah, if the she door. was there smoking and then overbalanced and fell off, mm-hmm. she she then wouldn't have been able to open the door at 157. It's a very feeble Do you see what argument. I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's not realistic. So, but what happened in those eight minutes... So, Tamla's husband, Leander, has been quick to point out that there were two lighters on the table at the porch. Mm. This is despite the fact that Jose Barrera, the host's boyfriend, who was so unusually calm on the 911 call, immediately told the dispatcher that Tamla was the only smoker at the party. Exactly. So, who does the other lighter belong to? Um, Did the lights get fingerprinted? Did the packet of cigarettes get tested for fingerprints? Did any of the porch or the railing areas get fingerprinted? The answer to all of these questions is no. no. The police, upon seeing Tamla on the ground below the balcony area, decided that it was an accidental death. They didn't bother to check her pulse, and she lay on the ground for almost two hours before the coroner got there and declared her deceased. So they didn't check her pulse, they didn't test anything for fingerprints, they didn't check under her nails to see if she'd fought with anyone, they didn't do a sexual assault kit, they didn't take photos of the autopsy, they basically didn't they didn't care. They didn't investigate this mm-hmm. at all, even remotely. No. Like, nothing about this scene was treated as a a suspicious death. Nothing about... No, not, like, nothing. Nothing about this says accident. They no. just turned up and went home. But That's even... It. Even if something looks like an accident. Yeah, you still investigate You'd think they'd still kind of think about it first. If it appears that way, you make sure that you, you make find sure things you... that... So you can say you know. Yeah, if you Thinking think it's that way, know. you then prove it's that way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But that there's no did not foundation happen. No, so, so the Forsyth County Sheriff's Department... Shame on you. ...did not do this, so no. fuck all of you guys. Yeah. Another question that Tamla's family have had. The railing is around 14 feet high. What? The railing. The railing from on the balcony. Yeah. Yeah. It's 14 feet high. No, no, no. From the floor. From oh. the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that's a really Sorry. No, it's, I, I phrased that really badly. It's 14 feet off the ground. Oh, right. Yes. So okay. gotcha. there is a photo. Fo- like I said, they took photos of themselves and chilling and stuff. Yeah. So there is a photo of the mm. scene that this is what I was talking about oh. that shows two police officers, including the lead investigator, leaning over the railing to have a look at Tamla lying down on the grass below while they're busy doing something before they bother to call the coroner. So basically, in this like, I am seething. In this like hour and 40, 40 minute window before they bothered to get the coroner there, there's a photo of two police officers 
from outside. Yeah. The photo is taken like looking back at the house. Tamla mm-hmm. is on the floor at the bottom of the photo. And then at the top of the photo, you've got these two detectives just like chilling on the railing looking at her. And it's like the most fucking bizarre shit because like, why are you not doing anything? Why are you leaning your arms on this railing yeah. and removing potential fingerprints and evidence when you should be testing that shit, not wiping your sleeves on it? Yeah, exactly. I was thinking like, why aren't you helping this woman too? Why are you then contaminating? Yeah, it, <sighs> why are you doing both at the same time? Do neither. So the what point that I wanted to make from this is mm-hmm. that you can see in the photo that the railing, it's like, so the actual railing itself. Yeah, tell me more comes up to the men's waists. Right. I've not seen this said before on other podcasts and discussions or whatever, but I'm like I said... looked at it? The podcasters? No, but I mean like, you know, like I said before, like with Morbid's episode, I haven't listened to it for like yeah. a year. Oh, yeah. Because like for research, I do my own research and then I'll listen to other people's interpretations mm. like afterwards to see, to hear how they did it. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, this is something that I've not seen discussed, but it's something that I think that I thought of when I saw it. So I just want to sneak yeah. it in there, even though I'm not a professional. I no, still have an opinion. Yeah. Um, so you can see in the photo that the railing comes up to the men's waists right. and Tamla at five foot six inches tall would have found the railing to be higher up on her body than that. Yeah, it would be. So the railing on... Yeah. On two sort of, I would say, relatively tall men. Mm. Um, it comes up to their waists. Tamla was five foot six, so yeah. it would have been higher up on her. She'd than have to the make men. an effort to go over that. It's not just yeah, but a woman's center of gravity is around her hips. Yeah. So a woman's center mass, center of gravity, is lower mm-hmm. than a man's is. Yeah. Um, you'd have to really make an effort to fall over it. It's, it would be difficult to accidentally fall over something that comes up higher than your centre of gravity. Yeah, you'd have to like try and climb it to then fall off it. Yeah. According to the police, she fell over after just smoking a cigarette, after opening the door to go back inside. Her family, however, think this is unlikely. Uh, yeah, Not I only that, imagine. but the deck was only about 14 feet from the ground. Mm-hmm. It's certainly possible to die from a 14-foot fall. Yeah, if you sure. land badly, you can hit your head, like mm-hmm. all kinds of... like. You know, falls are dangerous. They are. It's, I'm not saying that you can't die from it. Mm. However, Tamla didn't die from brain injuries. She died from blunt force injuries, including a broken neck and a laceration to her heart muscle. The abrasions and lacerations to her limbs seem excessive from a 14-foot fall straight down, especially when you consider the terrain she landed on. Yeah. Obviously, falling from a height can cause extensive injuries, but in comparison to falling from a significant height... Mm-hmm. she received an awful lot of different types of injuries yeah. from a fairly short fall. Like, I'm hearing them and not seeing them. I do feel like they came from violence. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, she landed on grass, and as it had been raining, witnesses to the party stated that the ground was quite soft. Mm-hmm. It's also a well-known fact that drunk people tend to withstand injuries due to being relaxed, that sober people would not. Yeah. So this is commonly seen again in car accidents. Yeah. So drunk people will be able to walk away from a car accident that will kill a sober person because yeah. they're so like floppy. Yeah. Um, if Tamla was simply heavily intoxicated and stumbled from a balcony 14 feet down onto soft earth with her body relaxed, mm-hmm. it seems unlikely that she would die sustaining such severe injuries. Mm-hmm. Another interesting thing to note is the, posi- is the position of Tamla's left arm. Yes. When John found Tamla, she is 100% certain that both of her arms were by her sides. Yet when police arrived and the sketch was made and Tamla was photographed, her left arm was bent at the elbow raised by her head. Mm. 
When I first thought about this, my thought was that Jose Pereira might have moved her to try and roll her over or check her pulse, as the 911 operator instructed him to do. Mm. A few days later, on the 7th of November, Lieutenant Andy Callan of the Forsyth Police made a report that Pereira called him on the phone and said that he moved Tamla's arm. Mystery solved, right? Okay. No. Later on, when Barrera was interviewed by the GBI, which is the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, they brought up this report made by Lieutenant Carlin, and Barrera strenuously denied that this call actually even took place, or that he said that. He said the report was, quote, bullshit, end quote. He also said that, quote, there is no way I checked for a pulse, end quote. There's no way I look for this woman's pulse. Why would I do such a thing? Why would I even offer to try and help somebody else? Piece of shit. So if Jose Barrera didn't touch Tamla or check for a pulse, how did her arm get moved? If she fell from the balcony by accident, why didn't she extend an arm to break her fall? Why didn't she turn her face to protect herself from impact? None of this makes any fucking sense. No. In the Forsyth community, Tamla's friends and family got the feeling that something wasn't quite right. Mm -hmm. Tamla was the only black person at the sleepover, and this part of Georgia was predominantly white. Forsyth County has had a lot of problems with racism in its history. Mm -hmm. In 1912, there was something known as what is a racial cleansing. I hate that. I don't like any of that so according to an article again by the rolling stone two incidents happened in 1912 involving two black men being accused of raping and beating two white women both in separate unrelated incidents and Mm -hmm. one of the women died from her injuries at the time there were 1098 black people living in forsyth county which made up about 10 percent of the population basically what happened is after the rapes yeah all of them were driven out of town oh by mobs God. of white people. Businesses, homes and churches were burned down, properties were stolen and families were forced out. The county stayed that way for years later. Mm, as imagine. recent as 1990, only 14 people living in the whole county were black. What the f- 14. One four. That's scary. That's horrifying. That's not okay. The county has had a lot of problems with white supremacists and Confederate supporters, even recently, Mm. and the racial undertones of this case cannot be ignored. It's screaming. If it was the other way around, and the only white woman at a party attended by black guests was found dead on the back lawn in the morning, do you think that the case would not be investigated properly? Mm. Do you think think fingerprints wouldn't be taken? Guests wouldn't be interviewed on the day? I don't think there is. should be chilling on a balcony. No way. That it would have ended like this. Mm, Nope. So, Jean, the host of the party, Jose's girlfriend, and the first person to speak to the 911 operator, has not exactly been exhibiting what I would call normal behaviour during this time. The police apparently didn't interview the party guests right away. Why? It's something that Tamla's family have been quite vocal about. Authorities waited until several days had passed, and they weren't fussy over making sure the guests were separated. Some of the party attendees were called back to the house to be interviewed in the same room at the same time. True crime enthusiasts will know this is not normal. Mm. Most witnesses to an incident will be interviewed separately to see how the stories line up, Mm -hmm. but that did not happen here. So interviews began with Jeanne on the 9th of November, also back at her house. Mm -hmm. The interviews with other guests dragged on, the last one on the 20th of November. Yeah, obviously the police were in no hurry. So like we said... Interviews were not conducted at Forsyth Forsyth County Sheriff's Office, but at Jean's house. 
Detective Mike Christian was doing the interviews and he mainly asked the guests how the party was in general and how much did Tamla have to drink. A running theme in the interviews with all the partygoers was the tequila that Tamla brought. How much they didn't like the smell. Who could drink tequila? La 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 la. And they honestly, Why they just tequila? They sound like mean girls. They do. They this, sound like they teenagers. just sound, they sound like, like mean idiots. girls. Yeah. So various members of the Forsyth Twelve have difficulty remembering when everyone came and left. Some attendees said that Tamla arrived last when it was actually Paula Seals who arrived approximately one and a half hours after Tamla at 10pm. Jeanne also let slip during her interview that, quote, she never made it to the bed, end quote. That's disgusting. How do you know that, Jeanne? Yeah, that's that's creepy and really disrespectful. She then tried to make a quick save, telling detectives that, oh, I meant she never made the bed. That's not the same. Oh. Bitch, that's not the same. That's feeble. No. See what... It gets worse. She this was super disgusting. chatty and flirty with the police officers. What? Yeah. Sophie's face oh right God. now. She was really the flirty with them. She was trying to talk to them like they were besties. Oh, fuck off. I mean, they were probably okay So with the it. police asked her to send any videos or photos of the party over to the department. Oh, I'm which sure makes, no, 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 no. But I mean, like, it makes sense that yeah. you would say, if you have photos of the night, send it to the department. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So Jean's response is to start asking the officer for his phone number. Did she send him an invitation to another sleepover? Lol. <laughs> No, but she was seriously asking for his phone number so then she could say... She was like, can I have your phone number so I can send these to you? And then she was saying, oh, I have one of their phone numbers already. Hee hee. She actually, during her interview, she takes phone calls from acquaintances. What? During the interview. She answers her phone. She goes on the phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. During a police interview. I get the feeling she has no capacity to feel shame, but she needs to feel shame. She needs to feel some shame. Yeah, she does. But, like, the police allowed her to take that call. Why? In the comfort of her own home. Why? As if that wasn't bad enough, when Madeline Lombardi was being interviewed, who, if you remember correctly, is Jean's aunt who first discovered Tamla while she was making a cup of joe, Jean decided to make another appearance. It's incredibly unusual for someone else to come in during a police interview. Did she bring coffee with her? No. So... So, no- like so normally police interviews obviously happen in a controlled environment like in a police station exactly. where people can't just wander in for no reason um but they were at jean's house so obviously while they were interviewing madeline jean just, just came barging in and she had dunkin donuts <laughs> gift cards i was like you're gonna ask about dunkin donuts but yeah, i so, would be too specific no 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 you are correct <laughs> oh my fucking god so she came in yeah with gift cards for donuts for the police. <laughs> really funny. First up, how fucking basic are you? That's so stupid. After you get over the basicness yeah, exactly. of Jean Myers, Look through that. the audacity is disgusting. And the illegality of trying to blatantly bribe two police officers who yeah. are interviewing your friends and family mm-hmm. and you in connection with the bizarre death that you're a witness to. Yeah. The officers told Jean that they couldn't accept the gift cards and it was inappropriate and she tried to just laugh it off. The whole thing is really fucking weird and yeah, this whole fucking thing is weird. She probably put them on the table silently and just went and they went... <laughs> if you, I know that you can't see, but so if you just like <laughs> slid her hands across the table and then slid them back to her, <laughs> but yeah, like so. Right, 
I want to take a little moment to talk more about Jose Barrera. So he's mm. the one that took over the 911 call and reported Tamlin's yeah. dead body with the enthusiasm of someone calling in sick to work. <gasps> Jose Barrera was employed at the time by the Forsyth County Court. Oh, fuck off. Duh! <laughs> Sophie's done. Duh! Sophie's like, That's right, it. see you next week. Bye. I'm gonna, I'm How did this happen? This so he was a happened. pre-trial officer, which yeah. means that his, his duties were related to defendants before they go on trial. Okay. So he would have worked closely with the police department mm-hmm. at this time, mm-hmm. and he would have known many of the officers who visited his home on the morning Tamla was killed. Yeah. A month and a half after Tamla died, Jose Barrera was fired from his job at the Forsyth County Court. Why? On the 20th of December 2018, he was yeah. let go from his position after being placed on administrative leave for several days, Ooh. which was revealed earlier the following year. Yeah. It turns out that Jose had been using his position in the legal system to look up details about people connected to <laughs> Tamla's case. Oh my god, what? Yeah. So, Tamla's friend, Michelle Graves, has been very active in her distaste for how the case has been handled so far. Yes. And has been making lots of posts on social media Mm -hmm. about how she didn't believe that Tamla had died from an accidental fall. She was starting to rub the Forsyth 12 the wrong way, particularly Barrera. Michelle filed an official complaint against Jose Barrera for accessing Mm -hmm. her personal information using his terminals and access at work and distributing this information to five other people. (gasps) It's assumed that these five people are five of the attendees at the sleepover. Yeah, they're going to be the other bitches. (laughs) The other bitches. (laughs) In an article by the Forsyth News, it's revealed that Michelle states in her complaint that she believes personal information about her home, work and cell phone numbers, home address, work address and driver's license, along with information about her height, weight and extended family, had been found on several court documents. Why? What, what? Yeah, I know. I know. From even I know. Doing that? I know. I don't get it. On the seventeenth of December two thousand eighteen, Pereira received a letter saying that he was being placed on administrative leave due to quote investigation pertaining to you using your position to access confidential files on a current investigation surrounding a death in which you were a witness. End quote. Mm. On the 20th of December, he received a follow-up letter saying actually he had been terminated due to his supervisor, Robin S. Rooks, having lost confidence in him. Barrera was asked by the Forsyth County News about being fired for looking up information on a person related to a death investigation when he himself was a witness, and he denies it. He was like, no, I didn't do that. Don't tell me they reinstate him. No, they didn't. Thank God. Okay, that's fine. So he states <laughs> that what that. he's accused of is yeah. accessing is information that's available to the public anyway, either in court yeah. documents or online databases. So mm-hmm. even if he did look it up, which he totally didn't, he didn't do anything wrong anyway. That's what he says. Right. He's like, I didn't look it up, but if I did, it's fine. Yeah. That's... Seemingly in retaliation for the accusations that Michelle Graves was slinging on Facebook, seven Mm. of the Forsyth 12 would sue her. Two of these people were unsurprisingly Jean and Jose. Interestingly, the lawsuit got dropped because Mm. there clearly was not enough out there legally that counts as defamation. Yeah. So things were seeming to go pretty slowly. That is until the Black Lives Matter movement began to take hold worldwide. The protests around the abhorrent way that black people were being treated by the police in America drew attention to Tamla's case Mm -hmm. and the plight of her family and friends in trying to get justice for her. 
celebrities posted about the case online, including big names like 50 Cent and Kim Kardashian. So the lawyer representing Tamla Horsford's family, Ralph Fernandez, spoke out about how he felt like the wounds on Tamla's arms looked like defensive wounds, Mm. how witnesses changed their stories frequently, and about how the crime scene was unsupervised for long periods of time and not documented properly. Fernandez also seemed to make a point about the missing autopsy photos. He spoke publicly about how there didn't seem to be any in existence, to which the Forsyth County Sheriff's Department and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation both made statements that the photos did exist, they just hadn't been released yet. But they totally exist, though. They absolutely exist. Fernandez has tried many times since then to get the autopsy photos by making official requests and sending email after email. Mm. But all of his attempts have been ignored. And to this day, nobody has seen a single photograph from Tamla's autopsy. I feel like they don't exist. I feel like they don't exist. I think they don't. I feel like they don't exist. I don't. Nope. Yeah. So with Tamla's name growing a following online and a huge position on Change.org starting to build to worrying amounts of fame, the people in charge of the investigation buckled under public pressure. Mm -hmm. The case was reopened as the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office made a public statement in June 2020, which read, quote, In light of recent calls to re-examine the death of Tamla Horsford, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office has made an official request to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to open an investigation and examine any new evidence which may be available. We recognise that transparency is vital for law enforcement agencies and we want to ensure that no stone has been left unturned in the investigation of this tragic death, end quote. Well, that's a whole lot of waffle for a department that's done nothing. <laughs> it fully is. It's like, yeah, we're absolutely going to investigate ourselves. Yeah, I kind of, not to you, but to them, I kind of tuned out because I know it's all bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's so bullshit. It's like, it's that typical, yeah, we're going to totally investigate ourselves to make yeah. sure we didn't do anything wrong. We're not going to hold ourselves accountable and apologize and, you know, try to make things up to you and yeah. your family are lost but we're gonna do something to be performative and hopefully this will just go away yeah if we distract you for long enough by using fancy words I can cash in gift cards now right? lol gift cards so as part of the new investigation more interviews mm. were conducted this was a year and a half after the event and some people were being interviewed who hadn't been spoken to the first time around one of these people was a neighbour of Jean and Jose called Marianne and her husband who's a retired firefighter mm. this okay. interview is interesting the audio for the interview is on youtube and i'll put a link into the show description i really recommend that everyone go and listen to it it's 12 minutes and there's a lot packed in those 12 minutes so i'm not going to play it but i do have some various quotes here that i've pulled from the audio that i'm just going to read out in one long stream although awesome i've just pulled the quotes out it is like a conversation with the officers so quote the people that lived there the boyfriend was kind of shady she was the neighborhood gossiper the whole thing was just very strange To be truthful, I watched when the whole thing, the police came and she fell to the ground sobbing and said it was a terrible accident. And I said to myself, that is such an act. (laughs) Something bad went on there. There were two people out on the back porch. You could hear them. Mm -hmm. I feel there was a confrontation and she was pushed. I'm glad somebody's reopening it. It bothers me every time I look at that house. The boyfriend was really weird. There was just something weird about him. I can't Mm -hmm. put my finger on it. Everybody that was there was there for like a week. My husband said they're trying to get their story straight. Every person was there every single night for two weeks after. I don't know if she walked out on something. She was a very attractive woman, you know, but the girlfriend was not. <laughs> End quote. So she's basically um, saying that, like, Tamla was really hot. Yeah. And that Jose might have tried something on her. Yeah. And didn't get what he wanted. No. And maybe things went south from there. That makes sense. 
I think that everyone interested in this case should listen to this interview. Mm. It's very clear from someone that lived close by to Jeanne and Jose that while she didn't know them intimately, she was in close proximity mm. enough to get a bad vibe from them. Yeah. So yes. her gut instinct was that something was off and that has not wavered since 2018. And that was an act that immediately for me was just... Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I listened to it as, like the way that she says me. it in her voice as well. Yeah. She's like... Because she said that Jean like, fell to the ground and she was crying and crying and this neighbour was just yeah. watching her like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> like, no one's going to fall for that. Come yeah. On. Around the time the case reopened, Jean mm. decided to sink her venomous claws back into it. Great. Because she wasn't done. She didn't make any public opinions about how she explicitly felt about Tamla, but she did post some other interesting things online. So in 2020, she changed her Facebook profile picture to her and two of her mean girlfriends. This basic bitch kind of selfie is pretty standard, which is, like, fine. Mm. But there is one glaring detail that made this a huge middle finger to Tamla's family and supporters. Oh, God, so, the three of them are wearing Dunkin' Donuts masks. So Sophie's jaw just dropped. So, what? obviously, this was slap bang in the middle of the pandemic. So, That's you couldn't awful. go anywhere without a mask on. You had yeah. to have one. And these three basic bitches are wearing masks with the Dunkin' Donuts logo on. That's to make it more obvious cool. that this was a huge swipe at Tamla and the investigation, mm. she captioned the picture with, quote, the best masks ever, I-Y-K-Y-K, end quote. And that obviously means if, if you, you know, know, you know. know. Yeah. yeah. So all of Jean's basic friends commented on the photo, commenting, oh my God, I'm laughing so hard. Totally get it. You go, girls. And more laughing emojis than I can tolerate. That's disgusting. It's all of her friends That's were boring. like lolling about it. Put them in a pit. Just put them in a pit and then cover it. You know, like, what we do in the shadows, that pit they get punished Oh, in? yeah, yeah, yeah. That like kind the, of That pit. well, yeah, put them in the fucking pit. Yes. Um, can you even imagine being part of a death investigation into someone you say is your friend? I'm thoroughly And then publicly making fun of them and their death? I may as well just admit to the fucking crime. Yeah. Because that's not innocent person behavior. Also, I've not got it in the notes, but I just remembered something that I forgot to write down, is that the house Mm. that the incident happened in was sold by Jose and John to a police officer. Oh, for fuck's sake. So a police officer bought the house. And repainted the whole thing, right? And probably bleached it. I don't, I don't know. But it's, it's like, and also it's quite difficult to find the records of the sale as well. too much of a coincidence yeah. to be coincidence. Yeah. I don't find Yeah, that. so that house is now in the hands of the police. Oh, God. Like, literally. Like, legally owned by a member of the yeah. police department. That's the... <laughs> yeah, for real. This is a fucking real thing. On the 28th of July, 2021, just mm-hmm. over one year since the case was reopened again, it was closed. The Georgia what? Bureau of Investigation decided not to pursue any criminal charges against anyone... And that's how it remains at the moment. I'm going to throw something, be it a person or a chair. That's all I've got. Or one of those basic bitches. That's it. I hate this. That so I'm furious. I really recommend that everyone listening to this go and follow the Justice for Tamla Instagram page. Definitely. Because that's where her family are and her mm-hmm. supporters. Um, I feel so bad for Listen family. to the interviews on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they are really, really telling. There's also in you can hear some of the audio for the for the second round of interviews done after the case reopened again with Madeleine Lombardi. Mm. Um, I would recommend listening to that. The the people who are supporting Tamla and her family have done a lot of really, really good work. Mm. Um, and Tamla's family have not shut up about it, I'm which glad is they, how they it should be. They, they shouldn't. The they need. But it's just the fact that we've had a second investigation and it's still been closed as an accident does not give me a lot of faith. No, it it, it doesn't help me. It doesn't. 
yeah, it doesn't... It's very incriminating into the own faults. Yeah, but I feel like they've done investigating themselves now, so that's it. You can close it once, you can close it again, just leave it. Yeah. They're not so, interested. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to talk about this case. Um, and this was actually requested. This was really? a, This was a listening request. Oh, yay! Oh, you um, did a request. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, I hope you... I hope they like it. I hope they liked it as well. I hope they did. Um, even though it's hard to listen to this and not be filled with anger and rage. Oh, for sure. But I hope that they liked it in the way that you can enjoy listening to a terrible Ooh. story. Yeah. Because it was constructed well. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. If anyone else has a case that they'd like us to cover please do yeah, any requests send I? us a message on instagram which is creeps and crime story time mm-hmm. send us a gmail at creeps and crime story time at gmail.com <laughs> send us a gmail send a us email. a g- <laughs> shut the fuck up send me a gmail <laughs> um, if you have time please leave a rating or a review or both yeah. on wherever you listen to your podcasts um because it's really nice whenever we get a review it just feels really it fucking makes nice. it so goody it makes me really happy well, when people, like, hey, yeah. yeah and as well even if you just like leave a comment cool. on the instagram page yeah. if you like we really want to know Don't what you think about these cases like we fucking love Don't true it. crime we can't let's talk, talk about, about true crime yeah we literally yeah we can't <laughs> shut the fuck up so we decided Don't. to make a podcast <laughs> yeah please talk to us about true crime um but yeah so i'm gonna put up photos to the photos related to the case Mm -hmm. and just things like that to the instagram page and i'll put the links to the sources and to the youtube videos in the show notes and that's it so do you know if there's any more petitions we can sign or is it just like not that i'm aware of there was the petition to have it reopened and investigated which had like a Mm. fucking million signatures yeah then it got the case reopened and then they closed it again because actually it turns out that the police didn't do anything wrong and those basic white bitches were fine. Yeah. But there's been no petition since. Not that I know of. But yeah, if there is anything new coming out of it, it will be on the Justice for Tamla Instagram page, which mm. I'm going to, I've been keeping an eye on just in case anything new comes out. Good. Um, but yeah, I recommend that everyone follow it. And I think that's it. So. I think so. <laughs> we'll see you next week. We'll try yeah, to get ill again. Yeah, have, yeah, we'll try and be healthy. We'll try and be super healthy. I'll take lots of vitamins. Yes, and keep warm. Yeah. Bye. Bye.